Hey guys, it is Wednesday, June 26th. Today on the podcast, Jonathan Perkins joins me as a guest to discuss crypto art. He's the co-founder and CPO of SuperRare. SuperRare is a social marketplace for buying, selling, and trading digital artworks. We have a great conversation talking about SuperRare and crypto art in general, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Don't forget to share this episode with somebody that you think would enjoy learning more about crypto art or blockchain. Also, make sure to subscribe and leave a review if you have not already. All right, enjoy. This is the Blockhash Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, hope your week's going well and everything. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about your story and how you got into blockchain and crypto. Let me see. I originally got interested in... Um in crypto through Bitcoin. Um, I was in college uh, towards the, in the later like 2000s, um, right around like the, the height of the financial crisis and that whole fiasco. And um, I think I remember hearing about Bitcoin um, for the first time through a friend who was, um, you know, talking about the Silk Road. I think, I think Wired Magazine had done a, a article on, on the, the Silk Road and Bitcoin, maybe around like 2010, 2011, something like that. And uh, never really like thought too much about it um, through then uh, at, at that time, because um, it was like mostly in the context of, uh, you know, like buying suspicious things online. <laughs> right. Um, and then over the next couple of years, as like the whole, you know, bailout stuff sort of started to unfold, it increasingly piqued my interest as like a actual legit you know, a global financial infrastructural thing and um, really kind of like uh, a good friend of mine and, and I really kind of like fell down the um, the Bitcoin rabbit hole in, in 2013 around the time that there was like that big price run up that year. Yeah, just like I, I guess involved as, uh, you know, as, as an investor and just like, you know, uh, learning as much as I could about it during that time. And then um, when Ethereum launched, in 2015 um around that time i was actually learning to code um so i was working as a developer in new york and uh, i had some friends who were working um on a bunch of ethereum projects and then um yeah essentially in uh, 2017 um decided to uh to you know undertake a startup and um and launch something on ethereum very cool what kind of coding language were you diving into um mostly javascript like um I kind of comment coding from like a entrepreneurial like product and UX perspective. So um, my focus is mostly building like, you know, good user experiences. So like, like React, JS, application layer, like full stack JavaScript stuff. Gotcha. Did you have to learn Solidity um, when getting into like super rare and everything for Ethereum? Or did you just hire people that kind of had that skill? Uh, luckily, we have a CTO who's... Uh, really he's like a low level sort of blockchain uh wizard guy so so he does all our solidity <laughs> coding uh he has a lot of experience with it so you know i can i can read uh through and and kind of understand what's going on but that's uh uh thankfully doesn't have to be my area of expertise that's good yeah i heard it's a it's a big uh leap in terms of coding so just completely different language and everything yeah totally and you know it's it's interesting it's like um with the you know deploying your code on the blockchain with all your methods 
exposed to everybody permanently there. You can't update it. Um, you know, people have um, said it's kind of more like um, like hardware engineering, where it's like you make something once mm -hmm. and then it ha it has to live there. So it has to be. It's like this kind of raises the bar with with security and all these other kind of crazy uh, implications. Absolutely. I've tried learning coding a number of times uh, in college and outside of college and trying to learn Python and stuff, which isn't too bad. But yeah, it's it's a hassle and it's a lot to learn and put to memory, especially if it's something that's brand new, like Solidity. So how did you start Super Rare? Um, yeah, good question. So, um, well, yeah, maybe I should start with, uh, so Super Rare is a, um, a social marketplace for, for collecting and trading crypto art. And uh, crypto art is digital art that's uh, backed by a token on the blockchain. Um, and so um, it was essentially like, you know, second half of, of 2017, um, my, uh, my cousin John and I were, you know, kind of like tossing around ideas of, uh, of something to start. We've always kind of worked on side projects together. And, um, you know, the, the non-fungible token standard was was kind of emerging this is before crypto kitties launched but like the, uh, this project called crypto punks had launched on ethereum and you know there were people doing stuff with collectible assets on the counterparty blockchain like uh, rare pepe trading cards and all this really experimental stuff <laughs> <laughs> um but you know with the the concept the you know all sharing this concept that uh for the first time we had this new type of digital media that's kind of like scarce and uh and ownable and tradable and um sort of uh lives on the blockchain so you it gives it all this these really unique new properties like you can see who owned something and see the chain of uh chain of ownership and stuff so uh, we started tossing around ideas of building something in that we started working on a, a sort of you know mvp version of it uh like a demo in late 2017 and that evolved into this um digital art marketplace that we launched as super rare in like beginning of April, 2018. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I was reading a medium article and uh, it was talking about how the artists on your platform earns a little over hundred thousand dollars over the last year, which is incredible uh, for crypto art, digital art and how early it is. So yeah, it's awesome to see how quickly it's progressing. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's it's grown a lot, and you know, I think that's one of the best, um, or one of my favorite things about the the project is we've, um, you know, developed this really um, passionate community of of artists and collectors around the world. And like you said, artists have earned over a hundred thousand dollars and counting. And um, it really is this, you know, it's it's really early days, like. Uh, the whole ecosystem for digital collectibles, I think, is, is still shaping up. Like a lot of people, you know, look at you crazy when you when I uh, when I tell them what, what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. um, but it really is like uh, for artists, it's like this new income stream and um, you know, completely new way to to monetize uh, work on the internet. So I think that's one of the most exciting things. Yeah, it's a fantastic platform for artists because they can definitely. Um, as an individual and having their ability to sovereignly share their work and their art and not have to go through like any centralized um, organization or not have to lose like a majority of their royalty um, and to avoid certain restrictions. Um, yeah, it's fantastic for artists, definitely. 
How do you see super rare kind of like evolving from where it's at now? Um, yeah, great question. So, um, when we launched it, uh, we have, you know, our, our team has this mindset of, um, you know, kind of launch something really basic and fast and kind of shitty, even if it needs to be, and then iterate on it, see what the, you know, see what people like the most, see what has the most legs and, and kind of iterate on that. So when we launched super rare, it was, it was really basic and it was essentially a way for artists that, um, you know, they got in touch with us to uh, to tokenize their works. So, you know, create like a single edition, a sort of like, quote unquote, official digital version of a work and launch it into this marketplace where it was all on chain and people could could bid on it and, and purchase it with uh, Ether. Um, and, uh, you know, that was really exciting. And we were actually like really early uh, to the market at that time. So artists hadn't been able to do this before. And, um, you know, along the year, um, the whole space, you know, has been kind of um, evolving. And what, you know, we really wanted to, uh, one of the first things we did to sort of like upgrade Super Rare was to, you know, push it really in the direction of a social, um, like social network or social marketplace. Um, so it's kind of like Twitter mm -hmm. or something like that, where everybody has a handle and a profile and, you know, it's really easy to share your collection. And, um, when you buy a piece, you're not just buying a piece of art, you're buying a piece of art from somebody, whether that's an artist or a collector. And, um, that quickly became one of, you know, everybody's favorite things about super rare that really like stood it apart from, um, from competing platforms is this, this social, um, aspect. And, um, yeah, so we're uh, we're continuing to go really um, strongly in that direction. So um, a couple of months ago, we just announced that in addition to having artists that are uh, launching works natively on Super Rare, we're going to be bringing in um, more and more like tokenized digital art collect collections and um, you know other stuff that people are really interested in collecting and adding those assets to the social marketplace. So it's going to be increasingly like um, you know, multi-asset marketplace and super rare is really like the social layer and the, the commerce layer that, um, where that all happens. So that's, uh, that's what we're working on right now. Mostly. That's really cool. Yeah. To expand on the social marketplace, is it going to be like trying to implement more like interaction between artists and like sharing, like kind of like Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we're gonna, you know, right now the the stuff you can do on the platform is all like like commerce based. You can like bid on something, you can, you know, purchase something. We have we have started tracking, you know, likes and views. So um, you know, we see these we see these artworks as almost kind of like like internet artifacts etched onto Ethereum. And so, you know, like right. something gets launched and it, it can accrue uh, likes and views. And, um, but right now, like all the social conversations are happening, like in Telegram and on Twitter. So we're going to increasingly bring that into the super rare platform itself. I think it makes sense for the conversations to be happening there. Um, you know, we, we're going to be on that note, we're going to be cognizant of, um, you know, not trying to not turn it into a, a cesspool of internet, uh, you know, uh, troll trollery like uh, like youtube and some other platforms can be um but i th i think there's right. ways to do that and and still keep it uh you know like a healthy community um 
and then um so you have community guidelines yeah yeah exactly and you know like ways to uh to flag like like spam and and obvious stuff like that yeah okay gotcha how um and i browsed the site quite a bit before um and i've looked at like your submission process and it's uh i think it's basically still a google doc uh, (laughs) yeah man very uh very high tech yeah totally high tech what do you plan on doing for the submission process are you going to keep it kind of like that for now or are you going to have something a little bit more um with a better like ui around it yeah absolutely so we're we're working on upgrading that right now um and you know ideally um we're going to have the, uh, you know, that whole process be more of like a, a community effort rather than the, this kind of beta phase we've been in where um, it's essentially like like a team of us and our partners uh, that, um, that talk to new artists. And uh, essentially, we the way we think about it is less of like curating like a gallery. Um, like we don't see SuperRare as a gallery. It's more of like this uh, sort of open platform. And what we're trying to do is just make sure that um, people creating on Super Rare are actually, you know, it's it's your own work. It's not something that you just found on the internet. Because I think that we're still, this whole technology, this whole practice of uh, collecting tokenized art is still in the trust building phase. So we want to make sure everything is, is authentic, but we're not here to say whether, you know, like, like what I like isn't necessarily what, you know, right other people are going to think is good art. Um, but, you know, on that note, as it scales up, we have, like, I have been um, thinking more about curation. Like, like there's a reason that curation, uh, you know, is a big part of museums and galleries. So we're actually um, looking into working increasingly with, with partners and having curated sections of Super Rare. So you can, you know, say like, oh, this is, uh, you know, maybe like, um you know, like a museum curator or maybe like a hip hop DJ, you know, curated this section. Like these are like the the top picks or whatever. So we're going to, we're going to be increasingly launching that stuff to you. Right. In terms of curation between like artists and whatnot and putting content on the platform, have you guys thought about um, what you do in terms of like verification to like make sure that whoever's putting out or curating a certain content, it's actually their content and they're not like, uh, ripping it off from somebody else or just stealing it from the internet. Um, and I know that's a complicated issue too. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the approach so far that we're going to, you know, stick to for um, for the time being is that um, the, the creators, like, so people uh, actually like, so the artists on Super Rare um, mint the non-fungible tokens themselves. So the, the NFT um, is the artwork. And uh, if you are, um, you know, if you have the conversation with us and we, uh, our team approves you as a creator, then you have access. uh, So you're, you're essentially like your address is whitelisted in the smart contract. Um, So then you have direct access to, um, to create tokens on the the smart contract. Um, And then, so the curation would be kind of like a layer on top of that. So it would be people going in, looking at all the existing works and then just like grouping them together and displaying them uh, together, like on on their own page, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So, in terms of it um, being primarily based around payments, do you guys plan on expanding what payment options you'd be offering for artists, um, for people that want to buy, uh, sell, or trade art? Um, I know that it's built on Ethereum and is an Ethereum DAP, and so that kind of limits things. But um, do you guys have plans to move beyond just Ethereum? 
Um, yeah, good question. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely interested in, in expanding the options. Um, I would say our biggest focus right now is uh, growing the collector side of the market. Um, so, you know, we're like, you know, we're still in the early days of, of Ethereum dApps. Um, and, you know, the user experience is, is kind of like you know, still catching up with, with other more like mainstream, uh, like mobile apps, for example. Um, but we, you know, we're, we're really interested in like making this like the, the easiest and most fun uh, platform possible. So I think, um, you know, adding credit card payments is something that's on our roadmap. Um, so people can pay with, you know, Apple Pay or pay with a card in your browser. Um, it's been inter interesting talking to the artists who are, um, you know, like mm -hmm. the biggest earners on our platform. Um, I've, you know, run uh, sort of like uh, casual unscientific polls just to get a conversation going around it. But um, a lot of the artists really like earning crypto and like the, you know, they like the volatility of it. And uh, it's, it's kind of like this, this crazy ride. Um, but it, it is really, um, it is kind of crazy sometimes because, you know, if you price currently, if you price a piece on super rare, if you're the owner of it at say like a hundred dollars and then, um, you know, six months goes by and it might all of a sudden be that price might, might be like $300 right now, or it might be like $40 depending on what ETH has done in the past six months. So it has been kind of a, a funny dynamic. So, um, I'm a, I'm a fan of the, of the MakerDAO project. So we're, um, looking into integrating die payments too, which would solve that volatility problem. Um, and then, so yeah, it's, it's a matter of essentially, um, Mm -hmm. The you know not so short answer is it's a matter of essentially like making it as easy pos as possible uh, on the collector right. side, and then still giving like the um, the seller options of whether they want to be like earning in uh, in like pure crypto like like ETH or in USD or or Dai or something like that. So is Dai kind of like a stable coin? It's one of the few things that I'm not very educated about on the Ethereum platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Dai is a stable coin uh, that's worth one dollar, essentially. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that does solve a lot of problems. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's probably why I've seen it around. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you should do a podcast on it. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite projects. Um, and uh, in a nutshell, it's uh, you know there's a lot of stable coins like like Tether and uh, you know True USD and all these. Um, most of those are um sort of centralized like each one there it's a sort of like iou for a, a dollar that's like sitting in a bank account somewhere um mm -hmm. which is obviously not uh censorship resistant and not like truly decentralized um so maker is this whole smart contract platform that um allows people to to create die backed by uh backed by like collateral assets so it's like this pure crypto uh stablecoin yeah, I'll definitely have to reach out to that um, to their team and see if anybody wants to come on and talk about it because I need to learn more. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, with Super Rare, are you, is it going to stay online or are you planning to create like a mobile app around it or a mobile aspect for usability or what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, yeah, totally. So um, it actually works uh, fully on uh, mobile browsers right now. Um, so right. if you, and, and browsers are, are still just kind of catching up with web three. Um, 
but if you have any mm -hmm. like Ethereum wallet that has a browser, so like uh, like Status IM or Trust Wallet or Coinbase Wallet, um, you can just go to superrare.co and uh, start collecting art um, with with ETH that you have in your wallet there. Um, and one browser that I'm really excited about that's that's just kind of launching a, a beta version is um, Opera, uh, which is a well-known browser that's been around for a long time. They're natively integrating um, a crypto like Ethereum Web3 wallet um, into it. So when that's fully released, you can just um, have Opera on your desktop and your, your phone and use either one seamlessly and you don't have to use MetaMask or, or anything like that. Um, so I'm really excited about that release. Is Opera for uh, Windows? Yeah, I think I think they have it for for Windows and Mac, Android and iOS. Okay, they do have it for Mac. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I've been using the Brave browser uh, quite a lot. It works really well, and because I like Chrome, it's pretty fast and seamless. But it would be nice to have a browser that kind of has some of that stuff built in. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of a UX uh, blocker to tell your. To, to tell your customers to install MetaMask. It's just like, a, it seems like sketchy to have to install a, um, a browser extension. So I think, uh, right. you know, from a UX perspective, it's it's easier just to like get this new app where everything just works uh, natively. Yeah, I'm sure the market will kind of work that out. Yeah, totally. Oh, and then to, yeah, to your the second part of your question. Um, yeah, we are working on the uh, mobile app, which I'm super excited about. Um, and that's going to be iOS first, uh, followed by Android. Oh, that's awesome. How's it going to work or what details can you talk about? Yeah. So we're, uh, we're still working out like the exact, like, like UX around, uh, payments and stuff, but the idea is just to have it be like, uh, like really easy setup, really easy, just like, you know, swap, uh, swiping, tapping to, uh, to browse through artworks, uh, to trade and, you know, like to pull out your phone and show your, show your collection to people. Um, so kind of think like we, we, we mm -hmm. kind of talk about super rare as kind of like Instagram meets Robin hood. <laughs> Cause those are, those are two like kind of, um, mm -hmm. you know, social meets commerce, like mobile first, uh, like, um, sort of modern takes on, um, you know, on finance and, and art. Uh, so we're kind of like blending those two. So those are, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the arena where we're like trying to, to steer the UX for the mobile app. Have you guys had to deal with any like financial hurdles, uh, beings that you guys do process transactions through super rare and everything. And I, and I know in the U S that FinCEN goes around and tries to classify certain, uh, blockchain companies, um, or startups or projects as like money services, businesses and whatnot. Have you guys experienced any issues with that or they just not really considered you an issue uh, happily we have not um you know with what we are currently doing um although that said there are some things that we um you know would like to do or, or probably would have been doing so far that we have not been able to because of <laughs> regulations um so super rare super rare is a is a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace so you know um yeah it's essentially like all the transactions on super rare are through our smart contract and truly peer to peer. So if you go on and, and buy an artwork that's owned by a collector, um, he gets your money, you get the artwork, uh, that money or, you know, um, artwork token never, you know, comes into our custody at any time. It's completely non, non custodial. 
and the artworks themselves, since they're unique and each one has an ID and like, it's pretty clearly not a currency. It's pretty clearly not a, um, a security. Uh, those aren't really regulated um, or, you know, fall in the, under the jurisdiction of uh, U.S. regulators. Um, you know, but that said, there's like, there's UX hur hurdles that we would love to solve. You know, for example, a new user um, really needs uh, even like an artist that's, uh, you know, going on to cre create um, a token for the first time. They need a little bit of ETH to pay for gas in their account. And we would love to just be able to like, sell them like five dollars worth of eth to get started but we can't do that we can't like sell them eth for fiat because then we would need um you know like a money transmitter license and you know fall under this regulatory area that we we can't afford to <laughs> uh to deal with right now mm -hmm. um so uh yeah so uh right but i think it's really interesting to to see the whole you know, landscape evolve with the regulatory issues. Like obviously the U S has been pretty slow to, to respond, but it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting times we're in. Yeah. Hopefully the gas prices get a little bit cheaper. They're spiking a little bit last couple of weeks. So much activity going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Regarding the app. Um, what about like an upload aspect? So like, what if someone creates like a work of art in the real world and they want to put it on super rare and they have the app, um, is it possible for them in the future to potentially like upload it to the app and have it become tokenized? Um, yeah, no, we do. We do plan on having tokenization built built into the app. So it'll probably be um, similar to how it is now, where it's uh, if you have a digital work, um, you can you know upload it, the files are stored in, on uh, IPFS, this uh, file storage uh, network, and, um, and create mm -hmm. the token uh, that way. So yeah, you, you'll be able to, to, um, to create using the app as well. Okay, cool. Actually, didn't know you guys were on IPFS. That's awesome. Yep. So are you other than super rare? Are you working on any other projects? Um, so super rare is, um, is our main focus. Um, we do have another project that's, it's kind of been a um, a side project um, that is essentially like the uh, the infrastructure that powers Super Rare. Um, mm -hmm. There, when we launched the marketplace, there was uh, you know a decent amount of interest from from people, like mostly businesses or entrepreneurs that uh, were like, "Oh, this this you know crypto marketplace thing is cool. Like, I have this idea um, for you know basically this type of thing, but for my assets." Um, so we thought it was a, you know, a reasonable thing to build. So, um, we spent some time last fall and winter and launched it, um, under the name that Pixera platform. Um, so it's out there, it's kind of a beta. Um, we're, it'll probably be rebranded to something kind of like, like Launchpad or, you know, like NFT Launchpad or something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was just, uh, a response to people being interested in um, in experimenting uh, with their own, um, you know, kind of like kind of like a Shopify model, like spinning up their own marketplaces. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, that said, I really do see the the um, the strength and the momentum of this social marketplace that we've that we've built that is super rare. So um, that is uh, definitely like our, our primary focus right now. How do you, how do you see blockchain shaping the the idea of art as we kind of go forward into 
technology, this technology and into the future from your opinion? Um, yeah, that's a good question. And, um, you know, <laughs> we could probably talk for, uh, for over an hour just on, on that one topic, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to keep it, uh, keep it bite sized. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, uh, any like big important technology, uh, impacts art in a, um, you know, in a tangible way. Um, and, you know, you can look back and, and think about like, you know, the telephone or the automobile or the, you know, these, these things that emerge and, and kind of like shape our behavior, shape our experience of the world. And then, you know, um, by that turn shape, uh, how artists, uh, you know, think and express themselves. Um, so it's been really, and you know, your people are kind of like blockchain art, like what, how does, you know, what, how is that relevant? Um, but it has been really interesting to, uh, you know, be part of this uh, sort of movement for over the past year where, you know, it's in, in, in part, it's a new medium for artists um, to express themselves. Um, you know, they have this ability to create scarce digital objects now. Um, so it's a new uh, revenue stream. And then there's, you know, there's a lot of artists that are doing stuff with, um, with generated, you know, computer generative art, AI, kind of mashing up these different technologies. And there's there are even emerging art projects that are actually literally using the blockchain to, to create them. There's this project called Autoglyphs that was made by um, the founders of Larva Labs in New York. And it's essentially this generative art project that, um, that, it, that created 512 um, images that were generated by the, the code like actually running on Ethereum. So, uh, so yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really in the experimental phase right now, but it's really cool to see a movement like this in the, in the sort of Petri dish phase. Um, so I really do think that like the creativity and the technology feed, uh, off each other. Um, and, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, as far as like, from what we're trying to do is, uh, obviously market, um, themed because like we're a, we're a marketplace at our core. So we're trying to like make this a really awesome collector experience, make it super fun and valuable for, for people to collect and trade these. And then obviously really focused on uh, making this like a emerging and a really big uh, new revenue stream for artists. Absolutely. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about uh, how blockchain is really changing the whole idea of what art is. And years ago, you've never imagined that art could be considered a crypto kitty. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it almost feels like any evolution of like playing cards and gaming cards and stuff and combined with like art and what you can do with NFTs. It's, it's just very exciting how it's kind of evolving and creating almost its own asset class and kind of diversifying what we, how we look at art as well as giving artists a better platform as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, I, th I think like it is really like what we're doing is, is essentially like conceptual ownership of the art. And so, um, you know, cause the, the token on the blockchain is part of the art. It's the, it's part of the artist's intent that ownership of this token represents ownership of the art. Um, but it doesn't prevent, uh, people from, you know, sharing the JPEG, sharing the file or whatever. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of like this, uh, this reversed ownership model 
Um, and, you know, some people from the traditional art world, you know, ex- expect that it's about like hiding it. So nobody sees it except the owner, which it's really not. It's kind of the opposite of that. Um, so it is, it does, does almost like harken back to some like conceptual art projects from the, you know, from the 1960s and 1970s, there's some famous examples of an artwork where the, um, the artist essentially like printed instructions on a piece of paper and signed the piece of paper. And that's like the certificate of ownership of the art. But then you had to go and like construct the artwork yourself, but the artwork wasn't what you constructed. The artwork was the piece of paper. (laughs) So, you know, there's these sort of like whimsical conceptual things that people have been playing around with for a while. And uh, this is kind of like rehashing some of the, the same, uh, the same concepts. Uh, So that's, yeah, that's like another interesting part to, to watch play out. Do you dabble in art as well? Um, I'm a, I'm a musician, actually. I'm a drummer. So not a visual artist. That counts. That's an artist. (laughs) (laughs) Musical artist. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, I have a background in music and, uh, digital media and like, uh, recording and, and that sort of thing. Very cool. Are there any updates or important dates regarding super rare or anything cool going on in your world that you want to share with the audience or the people that'll be listening? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, we are going to be at the, uh, there's an upcoming event. Um, it's a, at Christie's in New York city. There's a, um, an art and tech summit, uh, focused on AI art. Um, so, uh, part of our team is going to be there. So if you're around, uh, check that out. Otherwise, um, check out superrare.co and, uh, start collecting some digital art, or you can find us on Twitter at uh, superrare underscore co. Awesome. Thanks, man, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Happy to be here. Awesome. Anytime, man. Have a good day. All right. Thanks.